Uh, this morning, I, uh, I want to speak about where does our strength come from? Where does well, the inner strength, I'm not talking about our physical strength, I'm not talking about going to the gym and working out, um, I'm talking about what, a, what about our inner strength that comes from, from God and the inner strength that God gives to us to be able to face the challenges of life, to be able to walk life's journey. And um, I love the fact that God it does promise us that He wants to give us strength. I love the fact that God says He wants to walk with us. He says, I'm not going to leave you, or I'm not going to forsake you. And I love the fact that God says you don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to do it in your own strength, but you can do it with me, or you can do it against me, or you can just do it by yourself. I know what I'd prefer, although sometimes what I'd prefer doesn't always work out. But um, because I, I have this preference to walk with God, but then I get in the way, like all of us do. But this morning, I want to speak around three things that allow us strength and vitality into our lives. And the first one being surrender. Surrender to God. Sounds really simple, but when you're fighting with yourself, it's really difficult. The second thing is rest. Rest, finding rest in God. And the third thing is trust. Those two go hand in hand. Rest and trust follow surrender. Rest and trust are linked together because without rest, you can't trust. And without trust, you can't rest. There's two things that are linked together that says, God says, if you do this, and if you follow my ways, and if you do the way that I call you to walk in, then I will strengthen you within yourself. And it's all surrounded around one thing, obedience. Surrender is obedience, rest is obedience, and trust is all obedience. But they're the three things that leads us into an inner strength with God. And I want to read from Isaiah 30, and it's from 15 to 17. An amazing God we have. It says, verse 15, it says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. Only in returning to me, resting in me, will you be saved. So it says returning to me. It's talking about surrender. In quietness and confidence is your strength. You know the word confidence? When you look it up, it's actually related to rest. So, confidence, sorry, trust, trust. And quietness is rest. It's those two key things. It says, in quietness and confidence is your strength. So, it, uh, it doesn't make sense, but it's actually when we are quiet and we are in confidence in God, that that is where our actual strength comes from. But you would have none of it. And I, I really relate to this. When, when, when God is speaking to the Israelites, He says, you would have none of it. I've, I've rela- I can relate to this. When you're going, God's saying, trust me, surrender to me. And you go, no, no, I, I don't want to walk that way. And so He goes on in verse 16 and says, said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. 
But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. Boy, I can relate to this. (laughs) One of them will chase you a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You'll be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. That's the alternative. It's saying God, God says to us to trust us. God's asking us to surrender our life to him, to what he desires of us. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you how you speak through your word. And as I speak this morning, Lord, I just pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come through the words that I speak to me and to everyone that hears it. And Lord, I just pray, God, that our, that our eyes will be open to see what you want to do. Our ears will be open to hear your gentle, small voice that wants to speak, that wants to nurture, that wants to call us into the place of rest. And Lord, we want to thank you this morning for your word. And everyone said, Amen. You know, I like it how the message says it in verse 15. It says, God, the Master, the Holy One of Israel, has this solemn counsel. Your your salvation requires you turn back to me and stop your silly efforts to save yourself. I love that thing, your silly efforts. Ah, I mean, you think you're so wise in your own eyes, don't you? You think, oh, I can plan this out, I can make this happen. But it's in in God's eyes, you say, I've got the whole picture. And when, when you look at your own things, you think, oh, wow. And you look back at what you've tried to do, you think, oh, that was a bit silly. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't well thought through. Yeah, but that was your own thinking. It says, your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me. That's a pretty big thing, complete dependence on me. Speaking, talking about complete dependence on God. God is my source. God is my source of strength. God's my source of wisdom. God's my source of everything in my life. Just ends off. The very thing you've been unwilling to do. So when we're fighting in life and when there is that struggle within us, God is calling us. He says, come to me. There's a gentleness of God's calling. There's a gentleness that says, God says, just come back to surrender to me. Just come back. Just come back. I, I, I actually know about your life. I actually have all the wisdom and everything about who I am I can impart into you. And I can give you insight. You know, I... I remember probably, oh, it'd be 10 years ago, Kiri had only been saved probably 12 months. And she would struggle with things in our marriage and the things would, with me, struggle with my attitude, struggle with the things that I would do. And uh, she got a book, The Power of a Praying, Praying Wife, and she'd only been saved, as I said before, just over 12 months. And it impacted into her life and the way that she saw the way that God could move in a situation. 
And through that time, she realized and God was speaking to her about, trust me, hand the things over to me and allow me to work. So allow me to either work in her or the things that didn't need to be changed in her that needed to be changed in me, she would hand over. And she found, and we, had talk, we talked about this afterwards because she would find that as she prayed, maybe a couple of days later, maybe a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden God started to deal in my life and my attitude would change in what she was, re- what she was praying for. She was handing over to God and trusting God. She wasn't trying to change me. She wasn't trying to manipulate me to do what, what needed to happen. But she was handing it over to God and saying, God, will you ch- will you- I'm handing this situation to you. Now I'm trusting you. Now I, I've spent my, my younger years up to the age of 21 in the church. I grew up in the church. But what I learned from Kiri as a, someone who'd only been saved like 12 months, didn't have the baggage I had grown up with, with church. It was this fresh revelation that I can trust God when he says something, hand it over to me. Real simple, real simple, real simple. Trust me in the process. Trust me to do the work that you can't do. And, you know, I learned so much from that, and I continue to learn from, from that. I continue to learn. As, as Kiri and I talk in our journey, I continue to listen. What's God saying? What's a fresh perspective? Because for me, this was different. She wasn't trying. She was handing it over to God and trusting him. And change was occurring in my life. Change was occurring in my life, albeit very painful for me. But God was answering her prayer. God was saying, yes, I hear your prayer. And things inside of me were changing. And change takes time. So it, it takes us a step into the place of how do I put my trust in God? So I surrender a situation to God and say, God, you're in control. What do you want me to do? Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of it. It says, all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. So it takes all of our heart and nothing of what we understand. So it's a place of surrendering to God and saying, God, I I trust you with this. I trust you with all my heart. And I'm not going to lean on what I know. I'm not going to lean on the things that I know, the things that I think should happen this way, but I'm going to trust you. Then it says, seek his will in all you do. It's not some of what we do, it's all. And he will, you know, he will show you the path. It's like he takes us along a journey and he says, this is the next step. This is the next step. That may be the journey right ahead, that there may be a destination many, many miles away. But when we're walking, he says, I want you to take a step. My word is a lamp unto my feet. My word, Jesus says, my word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. 
He wants to take you on to the next step. Don't worry about what's ahead. You get scared when you know what's ahead. I don't, want to, I don't really, really want to know what's ahead most of the time. But if you just concentrate and say, God, what's my next step? When I take another step, thank you, God. This is trust. This is surrendering. What do you think, God? Where does my next step go? What does your word say about how I should respond? What does your word say about how I, how I should live? It's the next step in life. It's very gentle and God calls us. He says, come with me and walk with me. Surrender to me. Surrender to my will. Not to harm you, but to actually give you life. See, when you trust, you're trusting that something is going to work out. You may not know what it is. You may not know what is going to happen. So trust is the element of seeing, I know that something here is going to happen, but I don't know how it's going to happen. See, it's a letting go of my own ability to control and saying, God, I trust you. I remember being up on the Gold Coast. Kiri and I were up on there on holidays. And I think it's Movie World. And there's a ride that you get strapped in um, from your shoulders. You sit into a seat and you get strapped in over your shoulders and your legs just dangle. And this ride twists and it turns you upside down. Now, I don't like rides like this. But I got on there and this is going to be okay. But the minute... It went down and it clipped in. Oh, the fear and the terror just overwhelmed me. And Kiri's sitting there. She's not scared of heights. No, no fear of heights at all. And the fear that just overwhelmed me. Oh, I couldn't wait to get off it. I'm sitting there. We hadn't even started. I want to get out of this place. I want to leave. And I'm locked in and it's too late. And I'm going, oh, this is not good. And the panic, the fear, it's just gripped me. And I'm sitting there going, no, no, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. And and Kiri, I don't know what Kiri was saying, but I think there was a smile on her face because she could see I couldn't get out of the situation. And I'm locked in for the ride. The ride starts and there's handles up here and I grip them. And I'm gripping them on on hard and it starts and it goes around the first twist. And I close my eyes. I I don't like what's coming next because I could see the twist and then I'm going flying through the whole of the trip. You know, I didn't fall out of it. I was terrified for the first half of the trip. And then I started to relax and think, oh, well, I'm here anyway. Might as well enjoy the rest of the journey. <laughs> but I was strapped in and not knowing where I was going. But fear does this amazing thing that does stuff to you that incapacitates you. You know, it's like God's journey for us. He straps us in and says, come on, let's go for the ride. And there doesn't seem to be an escape button. But in that journey of going round that, do you know it had to be engineered? Do you know that calculations had to be made that the structure of the device could withstand the rigor of a roller coaster going round those corners? You know that the structure of the, 
that, that I was going on had been certified and was approved for use. But it was my fear that was putting the questions over what was happening. It was my fear that was saying, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> but I was safe. I was secure. And I found that at the end of it, I was happy to get off it. But nothing happened. I just had, went on a ride. And I thought, what a stupid thing to do. But in the end, it was partly fun. Partly fun. Partly fun. That's the same with our journey with God. God takes us on a journey. And we've got to trust the designer of our journey. We've got to trust who's designed it, who's designed the way that we walked. It's just like that ride was all pieced together in such a way that it wouldn't break down, in such a way that it would hold together, in such a way that we could be safe and secure and go on the journey of life. We'll go on that journey anyway. And that only lasted a couple of minutes. But what about our own journey of trust in God? When we look at God and we say, can I trust you? How can I trust you? How can I know that you'll walk with me? How can I know that you've designed a life that is specially for me? How can I know to let go and surrender of my life so that you can work? We turn to his word. And I love what Isaiah 40, verse 25 to 31 says. It says, to whom will you compare me? This is God speaking. Who is my equal? I encourage you, when you go home, read the whole of Isaiah 40 to get a bigger perspective on who God is because it will blow your mind. Asks the Holy One, look up to the, into the heavens. Take some time out at, a, at night when it's clear. When in the city around this area, it's not as bright as when you go into the country. But take, take some time to go and look at the stars. And picture them, see them, and realize that God made them. He put them there. So in your, at night, just go and say, God, will you show me the things that you created? Look up and see. He says, who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army. One after another, calling each by its name. There's a whole lot of stars. There's a whole lot of people. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. This is who I'm turning my focus on as the designer of my life. This is who I'm turning my life on to say, God, I know that you have created the stars and I know that you placed them there, and I know you know every single one of their names, so wow, what about me? 
and you care, you care for me more than those stars? It says, oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? How many of us have experienced that when we've got God? I don't think you understand. I don't think you really know what you're doing. I don't think that you have a clue on, on earth what is happening in my life. I don't know about you, but I can, I've said those things. Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. It says even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. But those who trust, there is this element of saying, if I trust you, God will strengthen us. He will in power us. He will give us the, the strength and the ability to do what he is asking of us. This is what they will do. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. When we get our eyes onto the designer of our life, when we focus onto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. When we turn our eyes and say, God, I trust you. I know that you have created all things. When I can see that, I can see, okay, God, you have something in mind for my life and I'm, and I'm going to surrender to you so I can trust, so I can find rest. So that there is a place where I can sit down and in the busyness of life, know that, God, you're, you've got this all under control. I've got, God's got this all under control. God, you've got it. I don't understand, but you've got it. I don't understand why I had a certain diagnosis, but I'm going to trust you. I don't understand why my relationship with my family is estranged. God, I'm going to trust you. I don't understand why my family have walked away from God. But God, you are the designer. You're the creator. And Lord, I just surrender this to you. Lord, will you work what you want to work? Will you work in me? Will you take the pain that I'm carrying? And God, Lord, will I hand it over to you? And I'm going to surrender it to you in your perfect time. It's not about what I want. It's about what he wants. That's the painful part. And it's a journey. It's a painful part of going, oh, I have to, I have to die inside. I, like it's these things that you go, oh, really? And you can feel the pain as you're handing things over to God because you're letting go of how I want it to work out. You're letting go to someone that knows best. You're letting go of the timing of what you think it should happen at. 
Because when you're disappointed in God, you're disappointed in the ex unmet expectations of the timing that you had of what should come to pass. And God gives you a promise. Hold on to that promise, but look to the promise giver. It's when we get a prophetic word on our life. Yes, that may be a prophetic word, but look to the prophetic giver, God Almighty, to say, what do you want me to do? Because his promise is he will bring that to pass. God, I'll posture myself in surrender to you so that I, at the place that you deem it the right time, I will bring it to pass. See, God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. I don't, sometimes I don't think it is. That's my personal preference. When it doesn't happen to according to what? My timing. It's coming back to the unmet expectations of me. Paul says in Ephesians 3, and he prays this amazing prayer. Kiri, if you can give me, bring up that, um, that plant. I just want to use it as a demonstration as we're finishing off. It's talking about strengthening, strengthening us and enabling us with power. Ephesians 3, verse 16, it's in the Passion Translation. And it says these words, it says, And I pray that God, we're talking about God here, we're not talking about me, we're talking about that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favour until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with His divine power, sorry, His divine might and explosive power. This is His prayer to us. Then by constantly using your faith. Faith is really a word that comes from God. And we say, I trust you, God. Listen to that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is only actioned when it's being in obedience to what it's said. Ponder on that. Faith is only actioned when there's obedience to what that word of God says. It says, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place, we're going to talk about the resting place of his love will become the very source and the root of your life. The root. Let me show you this example here. I have a plant here. And I love what Kiri has done with this. It shows you the root structure. It shows you what happens when you can see behind what would normally be under the surface, but it's in the glass jar, and you can see all the different elements of the roots. And you see, God gives us this demonstration if we are rooted. We look at that water and we can compare it to Christ, if we are rooted in Christ, if our roots go down into Christ, their roots go down. You don't see it. When it's normally in soil, you don't see the roots. 
in our lives. When we're rooted in Christ, you don't see the roots that are in our lives that have been born out of frustration, that have been born out of tribulation, that have been brought out of hardship. Roots going down into Christ. It says, the very source and root of your life. So this plant is only existing because of the roots that are founded underneath. I only exist because of my foundation going into Christ, with my roots going into Christ. I only can display his goodness because of the roots going into Christ. It says, when that happens, when that happens, then you will be empowered, you will be released to discover what the very what every holy one experiences. That means every person in this place gets to experience this. That doesn't mean matter who you are, that means every person that is in Christ gets to experience this. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its, of its dimensions. Do you know? This gets me a little bit excited. Do you know that, that you can experience Christ? You can experience every dimension of him? You can experience how good he is? You can experience him through the hard times? Through the times you just say, I just want to give up and let go? You can experience this. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. I like these words because it's calling everyone in. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lead on your what own understanding whose understanding are we getting from when we're rooted in christ his understanding and this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing what with the fullness of God. Do you know that when you, your roots go down, when you say, God, I surrender to your purpose and will, do you know that you will experience the fullness of God? I don't know about you, but that's something to be excited about. That's something to say that, oh, wow, God is going to allow me to experience the fullness of God. That's, that is great news. That's the gospel. That's the thing that I want to live out because I get to experience the fullness of God going through hardship, going through tragedy, going through suffering, going through whatever life throws at me. God says, and you will be, you'll be filled with the fullness of God. That means this plant will continue growing because when the storms come, the wind comes and it blows it around, that means it will stay secure because it's rooted in Christ. It's rooted in surrender. It's rooted in rest and trust. Hmm. Guess who's doing all of this? God. 
Verse 20 says, Never doubt God's, un- God's mighty power to work in you. Who's doing the working? God is doing the working. Hmm. And it says, and accomplish all of this. So he's going to accomplish the fullness of God in my life. He's going to accomplish. My end of the bargain is to surrender and trust and rest in him. That's a pretty good deal. That's an awesome deal. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power consistently energizes you. I think that's something that we can hang on to because his miraculous power gives us the strength. Dan, if I can have the band back. His miraculous power and strengthens me. His miraculous power gives me the ability to keep growing in the midst of stormy seasons. That's where strength comes from. That's where the inner strength, but it comes from a posture of going, God, I surrender. Oh, God, I don't like where I am, but God, I surrender. God, you need to walk me through this. God, will you strengthen me? God, will you enable me? God, will you give me? God, will you give me the ability to keep walking with you? I don't like the journey, but God, I'm going to surrender to you. And I'm going to say, God, I trust you in the process. And God, I want to find rest in you. God, I want to be in that place of saying, God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom be done in my life. So that I can display the fullness of God to those around me. So when the fullness comes, it comes and it overflows me and it overflows with love. So that wherever I am, people see that's God. That's Jesus being displayed on the earth. Scary thought is, but the real thought, God displays his love through us. Hmm. God displays his nature through us. How does he do that? When we love one another? Yeah. We care for one another. We reach out. We invite others into our circle. We're not closed off. When the walls come down and say, God, I wanna I've been given so much. And this little tree here, this little plant here, it's like our lives and invites others in. And if it's a tree, the birds can come and rest on it. People can come and enjoy your company because they're just embraced and welcome to come in. That's the gospel. Surrender to God and trust and rest in Him.
so that he can pour out his love in your life and let it overflow to every person around you. Come on, let's close our eyes and we're going to pray. Oh, Father God, I thank you for your mercy, God, this morning. God, your unending favour to our lives. Lord, I thank you that, God, that you will never leave us or forsake us, God. I thank you that we can find our trust in you. And I thank you that, God, we can hand over the things that seem impossible to us. And God, know that you've got the full picture. Lord, this morning I pray that our eyes will be fixed on you, that our, the roots of our lives will go deep into Christ, God, where there's been a root of bitterness that's come into our life to poison us, God. Lord, I ask we bring them to you and we just say, God, forgive us, have mercy. And I thank you for your cleansing power. I thank you for your cleansing power and blood that cleanses us from sin. I thank you that we're only one one, one reach out and one call to you to say, God, help me. Lord, I thank you that you're a very kind and gentle God. God, you wanting us to come and experience a place of rest and experience that place where we say, God, I trust you. Lord, bring us to a place, God. Continue to work in us and let us be focused on you, that what comes into our life, God, will overflow. God, it will overflow into those that are around us. And Lord, I just pray for your blessing over the rest of today. Lord, I pray that your word, Lord, as it's spoken to me, will speak to us as a congregation. And I thank you for that. In Jesus, in Jesus' name.